Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We've hit the final hour of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Jay will be back soon enough, celebrating the birth of his second child last week. Bart Scott is in the house. We're going wall-to-wall football draft is two weeks from tonight. Diana Rossini joined us on Monday at the NFL Insider, and she said, look for the Browns and Clowney to make a deal, and boom, it's official. That's four teams in four years for Jadavion Clowney. Last year he played for the Tennessee Titans. And speaking of the Titans, we are joined in just moments by a Titans legend. You know, when they put the video board up at Nissan Stadium, Key, you know, they do this for all the former players mm-hmm. coming back. The crowd just gives a gigantic pop when they see Eddie George, the 1995 Heisman Trophy winner, out there. He starred for the Titans in Nashville. He's now the head football coach at Tennessee State, which is an HBCU, historically black college university at the FCS level also located in Nashville, and that's where he's going to begin his coaching career. It kind of came out of the blue, I'll be honest with you. I'm not as plugged in as you are. It kind of came out of nowhere, no, right, he was, on, he was on Broadway a little bit, man. Yeah, he was that, doing a lot of acting. He's yeah. multi-talented. You know, he's into a lot of stuff, man. He's always in shape. Right. You know, so if you want to face up somebody, he should, I wonder if he's going to be the first one off the bus to scare the other team, man. Just come, <laughs> out, with, come out with a G-unit uh, tank top on. Eddie's big. Yeah, and I'll be interested God, to see big. how it all came together. When we get him on the line, I want to ask that, and it looks like we have him. Ready to go. It's the Heisman Trophy winner. It's the Titans legend. And now the latest thing on the old resume and business card. He's the head coach at Tennessee State. He is Eddie George, and he joins us this morning again on the Goodyear Hotline. Eddie, we were just kind of mentioning, I mean, you know, every football story in the world is leaked, right? We know everything 24 to 48 hours before it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But there really wasn't a lot of chatter about this. I think a lot of people were very intrigued and excited by this hire. Can you tell us how this all came together for you here? Yeah, uh, about um, some time ago, uh, without putting any dates on it or anything of that nature, um, I was uh, presented with an opportunity from President Glover um, and Dr. Uh, Allen uh, to become the head coach of Tennessee State University. And how it all came to be, I was already doing business um, with Dr. Glover and the AK Foundation in terms of my wealth management business. So she calls me one day and says, hey, or actually she texts me. She says, hey, I got some something uh, to talk to you about. And immediately I'm thinking, okay, something may be wrong with the account, whatever it is. And, you know, looked at it, make sure everything was cool, clear the air. And she says, well, it has something to do with other business. So I'm thinking, okay, she would ask, probably going to ask for some money for her fundraising because she's also the president of Tennessee State. <laughs> or she might be wanting to add more money to my account. Well, I don't know what it is. So. I called her, and she said, well, I have an interesting uh, proposition I want to talk to you about. I said, okay, shoot. She said, I want you to be the next head coach for Tennessee State University. And there was a long, deafening pause. (laughs) You know, I was like, I wasn't expecting that. And before I said, hell no, I said, let me think about this for a moment and, and, and really come at it in the ways I want to continue this business relationship. I said, you know, I'm really floored. I'm honored that you would look at me in this capacity, but um, let me think about it. Let me talk to my wife and, and kind of just sleep on a little bit with really no intentions on going any further than that. So that was uh, after a couple of weeks, I came back, we had a, a three hour meeting. I said, well, um, how serious are you? What is your, I asked a series of questions. What are your uh, your goals in terms of where do you see this going five years from now? I'm not interested in a spike. I'm not interested in coming on for a marketing ploy for a couple of years. I don't have time for that. 
you know, this what you have, what you're trying to do requires surgery. It has to be built inside and out, inside out. So we kind of went back and forth on that, and I did my due diligence. I reached out to various coaches around the league, got their perspective, talked about the opportunity. I talked to so many different people, but the one guy that I that I respected is Jeff Fisher. I told Jeff about it. I'm thinking he's going to, uh, you know, say Eddie, just leave that alone. That's 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 not worth your time. But instead, he says, "Yo, this is a great opportunity for you. You know, this is this is per- perfect for you. You're in the city. You can do this. You can do that. Um, uh, you 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 have the ability to really impact lives. I mean, you've been a mentor. You've been doing so many different things. And so then, at that point, I started to look at my entire world, all the things that I've done, all the things that I am doing, and began to think, is this possible? And I ran about my family and my wife was like, hey, you know what? Why not do it? You know, so that's how I got on this track. At the beginning, it was a zero. And by the end, clearly, I made my mind up to do it. After talking to Jeff, congrats anyway, uh, Eddie. You know I'm going to be there as soon as soon as this thing opens oh, up. Oh, you know, hey, hey, Keyshawn, I'm getting you a TSU. Put that USC crap away. You're wearing this blue now. <laughs> oh, you know that for sure. I don't know about USC going away, but – I'm definitely gonna be rocking the Tennessee State for sure. Hey, after you after you talked to, to Jeff and y'all sat down and had conversations, and he made the decision and you made the decision for him to join your staff. How important is it mm-hmm. to get somebody like Jeff Fisher with experience for a first time yep. head coach to be a part of what you're going to do at Tennessee State? Yeah, Keyshawn. I mean, listen, I, I don't know what I don't know. And, and coaching is not, that that world is a completely different business. So I have it behooves me to bring in people, good counsel, wise counsel that has been there, done that on all levels that surrounds me to help me make certain decisions, to show me where the the blind spots are, show me where those opportunities are. I mean, Jeff is a master in terms of organization, how you how you schedule. Um, the things that you need to do and look out for 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 your team uh, in between practices, recovery, um, all the things that we took for granted as players that said, okay, we show up here, we do this, we do a walkthrough, we rest, we do, all those things you've got to plan out and think about. And he's been masterful in doing that. I mean, we've had several conversations about personnel, about my administrative uh, council or my team having a, a chief of staff, how his role, what he does, a director of football operations, um, your recruiting coordinator, all of these things that we don't, that people don't see on the football field. Ninety percent of the stuff for a head coach is is away from it. You're you have you're wearing a lot of different hats, and that's those are the things that I'm learning, and that's what he's been instrumental in helping me with. So having his experience, his guidance. Um, his input, um, I make the ultimate decision, but having it laid out, you know, bringing the right people in the room is very, very important for this process to work. So he's been, he's been, he's been great with working with him in this capacity. Mm. Hey, congrats, Eddie, uh, Bart Scott. Hey, Yo, Bart. I, I, I want to um, ask you what the importance of, like, NFL legends coming back to, to coach HBCUs are and how the impact that guys like yourself and, and Dion can do to the credibility of the organization or the universities, but also the resources in which you can help get yep. the resources to, you know, programs like yourself. Bart, I mean, that, that, that's, that's a great question, man. Um, 
because it, 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 it really shows, it brings a light to the university in terms of uh, everybody is looking at Tennessee State. Everybody's looking at Jackson State. And now we're getting uh, so many people donating. Uh, ticket sales have gone up. People are giving back to the university um, because they wanted to see be, be a success. Um, and really, you know, given with our relationships with, with companies like Under Armour, Adidas, uh, Jordan Brand, um, you know, we're seeking those opportunities to create those relationships to build out a better, robust system for our student athletes so they can go to class. They have the best technology. They have the best uh, apparel. You know, some of these kids, you know, have never been given a shirt before of great quality. And, and that's what we want to be able to provide for them. So all of our resources, all the things that I've done in my career from from acting and entertainment to teaching at Ohio State, uh, the business school of uh, Fisher, uh, to my wealth management business, financial literacy, and also the wars that I've had on the field and off the field, things to look out for. I'm truly preparing these kids for life. And really, you know, from a mental health perspective, that's where I really want to help these kids in terms of how do you leverage your career into something bigger, better, and greater after your playing days are done. Man, all I can do is say congratulations. I cannot wait to see you uh, take the field, run out of there, run out the tunnel with your hat on and your whistle around your neck because it sure will be (laughs) a joy to watch. And, again, you know I'm coming, so you don't have to worry about that. Okay, brother. Well, hey, Key, uh, definitely, man. I'd uh, love to, to see you guys. Bart, you're also more than welcome. If you want to come and and hype up my linebackers, man, please come through. Uh, your knowledge is, uh, is always, always welcome, dog. Great stuff, and it's the timing of the job, too. I mean, they're playing games right now, Tennessee State, because of the way the FCS season was pushed back, so Eddie's going to get a chance to get rolling with this roster right away as the guys are now in playing shape and out there. Eddie, best of luck, man. We'll talk again. Thanks a lot, guys. All right, but And that's an interesting point I just wanted to bring out. A lot of people don't realize. I mean, you know, Dion's coaching right now because a lot of these HBCUs and FCS schools had their seasons yeah, late in 2020. Yeah. So here you go, getting an opportunity to see them. Best of luck to Eddie George. I was going to tell, tell Eddie, man, four or five years from now, you're going to be great, but I forgot he ain't got no hair. <laughs> exactly. yeah, he's a good-looking guy. I mean, no, he's but a good-looking guy. You know, coaching, boy, you got to really want to do that. Stressed out. Yeah, yeah stressed out. You know, and coaching? God. Well, fortunately, Fisher's got a good mane. He's always Jeff Fisher's yeah, always, yeah. and he's got the stash. So Jeff Fisher's got the facial hair. To it's, boot. It'll be, it's gonna be fun. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to see it though. Yeah, but it, yeah, I mean, the key coaching's a lot easier since you retired. <laughs> you want to respond to that? I'm not. This dude <laughs> yeah. got a job because of his father. I'm not even listening to Evan. Wait, are you saying there's nepotism in the media? I know. All, 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 all I'm saying is Evans. Evans our producer. Evans our producer solely based on. His dad, being in the media for a long time, <laughs> got him the interview. So, therefore, they didn't want to disappoint the dad. So they None of this is him. true. None Barry, of this is true. All of it is true. All of it is true. Maybe None one of it. It's possible Barry Wilner wrote a piece that said slander. by Barry Wilner. suing slander. Associated Press, Dateline, Staten Island, New York, because he wrote here in the tri-state area. Speaking of Staten Island, Jimmy's in Staten Island. What do you got this morning? Jimmy, hey. Jimmy. Hey, can you hear me? What's what up, up, man? Jimmy? Yeah, we got hey, you. Can you hear me? Yo. Oh, what's going on, fellas? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Keyshawn, first things first, I want to say I love you, brother. Appreciate Sorry it. Sorry for your loss. Um, man, I, it's, it's always a blessing to hear you. Uncle Bart, love you. Um, I also want to just say that you guys need to ban Tim Legler from the show. 
And I say that because this guy, uh, he he mentioned um, Joel Embiid, but he didn't mention uh, Nikola Jokic, uh, yep. the Joker. I 20, mean, he's hands down MVP. He, he's hands Oh, man, we lost you, dog. But I'm totally on board. Jokic you, you, just played you, you incredible basketball this year. He's yeah, I mean, incredible t- 26, 10, and 8. I mean, you have to put him into consideration. And it was, it, I think James Harden would have ran away with if he would have continued to stay healthy. And LeBron as well if he would have stayed healthy. But, you know, you can't deny that Joel Embiid, I think what we see him move from being the most improved player in the NBA to being one of the most dominant and the best. I mean, because, like, you watch, you watch Jeff Green trying to check him. He pushed him in the back like he's like a little boy. And even if you look at DeAndre Jordan, we used to DeAndre Jordan being the enforcer. Yeah. He ain't want none of that smoke. Well, here's the other thing I would quickly say about Jokic. We got a lot of bunch of calls here on an NFL topic, which I'll get to in a second. There was some serious debate a few years ago. This just sounds ridiculous, but like, who's better, Jokic or Porzingis? That was a real story a few yeah. years ago. I mean, obviously at this point, Jokic is lights out better, and he is healthy. That's a big thing. The biggest stars in the NBA aren't. The biggest stars in the NFL among them certainly is Josh Allen. We're asking this morning on the Twitter feed. You can call us at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Simply asking, who's the Josh Allen of 2021? Essentially, who's the guy that's just going to break out in 2021 the way Josh Allen did and got MVP consideration last season? Who is it? Eduff56 is going with Danny Dimes. That's Bart's choice. At Slacko underscore Mitch is going with Sam Darnold. That's Key's choice. At Brent Mefford says Kyler Murray. Frank Green Jr. at Frank Green Jr. going with Justin Herbert. At Chris Roney Jr. going simply Tua. Let us know what you think. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Who is the next Josh Allen? Andrew in New York, you're on ESPN Radio. What's up? Hey, guys. Pleasure to be on the show. Good morning. Hey, What's morning. up, man? First of all, uh, it's, it's a real honor to be speaking to Keyshawn and Bart. I'm a big, big Jets fan. And also shout out to my boy, Burns. He's a big fan of you guys also. Um, but I want to talk about the draft that's coming up. There's been a lot of speculation about that number two overall pick. You know, Zach Wilson, the presumable pick. Um, also, Justin Fields, who as a Jets fan, I would be very, very happy if they picked. Either way, we're probably going to find a way to mess it up. But I don't feel like enough people <laughs> I don't feel like enough people talk about that number twenty three pick, which is, is really key. And most mocks have a a cornerback going there and then maybe at thirty four an offensive lineman or a running back or an edge. But I feel like we if we do that and we pick that cornerback, even though this class is deep with, you know, Farley and, and Horn and a lot of really good guys that could be there at twenty three. Uh, we could fall into the same thing that happened with Sam Darnold in there not being any talent around him on offense. So I think that the Jets are much better off going like a Vera Tucker or an interior offensive lineman at 23, and then at 34 going for you know a running back, a Travis Etienne, uh, somebody like that who can help set up Zach Wilson for the future. And the Jets only have you know Bryce Hall and Bless Austin, I think, as their starting quarters. So they would have to go out into free agency, but there's still guys like Richard Sherman out there. So I feel like there's more value and you set up Zach Wilson for more success if you have him, you know, if you draft in the early rounds offense to to help him out. I want to know what you guys think about that. That's one of the best calls we've had in a while. Well, I think at 23. Well, very informed. Yeah. At 23 for me, I'm looking for the most explosive dynamic playmaker on the offensive side of the ball at 23 that can help my young quarterback whether that's a running back. I, I got to find somebody because thirty in the 30s, I can always get an offensive lineman 
uh, to, to shore up the line that's solid and sound. I need playmakers around a quarterback. Well, they think that they got it, right, because they do the uh, analytics on what Herndon did in the second half of the season, you know, put his numbers up there against the top, you know, pass-catching tight ends. They went out and got Corey Davis, and I think that Mims are going to be good. I think that Joe Douglas may still have a trick up his sleeve, and I think, you know, you got to go get protection around whoever's going to be behind center. And I think you'll – maybe with that second 34th overall pick – Either one, use it to move back into the first round with the pair with the Sam Darnold pick that you got from Carolina, or you use that to go get a guy like Orlando Brown Jr., and now you have two of the best tackles in the game when you pair him with Beckton. Sam in El Paso, Texas. Who's the next Josh Allen? Good morning, Sam. Sam let's, is not there. Let's go to, it's, it's a delay. It's yeah, a delay. This is like an early version of Call a Roulette that's going terribly wrong. All right, Sam in El Paso, Texas. What you got? Who's the next Josh Allen? How about AJ in Ohio? Who's the next Josh <laughs> Allen? Please be there. Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, um, thanks real for being quick, here. I uh, love the show. I love the conversation you guys are bringing, and you've gotten, uh, gotten lots of love from everyone across the country, so thanks for it. But um, i got to go with my Ohio homer boy, Joey Burrow. He showed flashes of excellence last year. Um, he's going to have a, a full offseason to get more in tune with his, uh, with his weapons and to be honest with you, you know, everyone's saying uh, Sewell is the safe pick, but I'm thinking the Bengals are going to go chase, get another weapon for him. Oh, reunite him. Reunite him with Joe Burrow. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'd go the offensive line. They need to protect him. Their offensive line is brutal. They've got to protect him. Penny Sewell's sitting right there. You take him. You can always get another receiver down the line. They drafted T. Higgins a yes. year ago in the second round. Learn from that. Learn from that. I think when you think about it, Zach Taylor has to be smart enough to know in order for him to keep his job, that quarterback has to excel. In order for that quarterback to excel, he needs to be upright. Yeah, you can get great players and great value at the wide receiver position. I think key, the wide receiver position is going to start being the deepest position Every year in the draft, used to be the running back position, but now because teams throw the ball so much in college, receivers are ready to play. You can get a guy like Bateman in the second round from Minnesota, who I think is a show enough stud, but you got to protect Joe Burrow. There's no doubt about it, but that's a good pick. That's a good value pick, but as Key said, I mean, I mean, what happened to Joe Burrow last year? He got crunched because he absolutely had no protection. was out for the year. To the caller's point, to AJ's point, he was setting rookie records first few weeks of the season, but if you don't have somebody like uh, Sewell protecting you, Right? Not what are you going to do? Not going to work. Right? It's just it's it's flat out right there in front of them. A reminder: tune into a National League battle Saturday as the Cubs host the Braves. The Cubs cannot hit. You got it. The Cubs cannot hit. Coverage begins at one forty-five Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We'll see if they can snap out of it against the Braves, who are also off to an unexpected slow start. On the way. When Baylor won the championship on that Monday night in Indianapolis, Jim Nance called it the best rebound and best redemption in college basketball history. And now we have another reason to love this Bears team even more. Wait till you hear this. It's next on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Let's go to the phones, though. Big question this morning. Who's going to be Josh Allen of 2021? In other words, who's the breakout quarterback in 2021 the way Josh Allen broke out and was an MVP consideration in 2020? Scott's in North Carolina. You're on ESPN Radio. Who is the Josh Allen of this fall? Well, I don't, I don't know if this falls into the category you guys were asking uh, because he already had one good year, yeah. but it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with Carson Wentz. Not a long time ago, a few years ago. Uh, I think Carson Wentz being back with uh, Frank Reich and that team that the Colts have, I think people are going to be surprised. And uh, I think Philly fans are going to be like, what the hell were you doing letting him go? <laughs> back in 2016. Can yeah, you talk about I, that? I would say he would fall into that category mm-hmm. because he only had the one year where he really was just so yeah. exceptional where yeah. MVP conversation for a young guy was there. Uh, getting back with Frank Reich, retooling his career, getting back on track is a plus. I mean, that's a, a big thing. And Philly fans Philly fans might be disappointed because Indianapolis is poised to do something in that division. I mean, that's comeback player of the year, but I'm talking about somebody young that's yet to ascend and get the national spotlight. And I think when you think about that as guys that's taking the next step from just being a guy to superstardom and living up to the potential. Kyler Murray is good with it, but I think Danny Dimes, man, is poised. And you know if Danny Dimes is half as good as the other ones that, that's been mentioned, the New York media oh. choo-choo train is going to pump that up to another level. I, I, just, I remember I grew up in this area. I remember when Chad Pennington just had like one good game. <laughs> right. Next, Joe Namath. It's like right, exactly. one game. Like, like settle pump, down. Like, bro, pump your brakes. I mean, they damn had a New York, man. I know. You know, y'all. Y'all go crazy <laughs> over anything. That is true. So Wentz, once again, burst onto the scene in 2016. And then what Scott and talk, was talking about in North Carolina, that 2017 year, which ended, of course, with him getting hurt towards the end of the season. Can he make it up four years later? Let's find out. Again, today is a day to honor one of the greatest barrier breakers in all of sports. You know, Bud Selig gets a lot of criticism, but Bud is actually the first voice you heard there praising Jackie Robbins today, Jackie Robbins today, today and tomorrow, as I mentioned. So all 30 teams can take part. There's a dozen games today. And for everybody that doesn't play, can get out there tomorrow. So coast to coast, American National League, everybody can celebrate Jackie Robinson. For more perspective on what Jackie Robinson means to this game moving forward and what he's meant, we bring in ESPN Major League Baseball analyst Doug Glanville. joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Doug, before you join, I just mentioned, you know, Jackie Robinson's career ended in 1956. There's not a lot of people whose career ended in the 50s that we still talk about in their respective sports and what they have meant. So that said, what is his lasting legacy on this ever-changing game, a very diverse game? Every year it gets more and more diverse. What's his lasting legacy on baseball, even though he retired more than a half century ago? Hey, Z, how you doing? How's everybody? Um, yeah, you know, look, there's no question that his lasting legacy in baseball is that it's been beyond baseball. And, you know, Jackie Robinson knew very quickly that the door he was opening was well beyond the sports realm and, and that he was not going to stick to sports because he couldn't stick to sports. He was the voice and, 
ultimately the empowerment for people to see equality in each other and to actually turn it into something that's not just a tenant, but actually a, a way of life. And so many firsts came from his inspiration. And the, the challenge is when you're a pioneer, you are you know, de facto first, uh, often you're also alone. And the fact that he opened that door in a way that let others in, that they knew anything was really possible. I mean, he got called from the Little Rock Nine when they pioneered in, in integrating schools and Everybody looked to him. Martin Luther King was in, effectively in college, early in college, when Jackie Robinson broke in. So, so his legacy is seen everywhere, not just in the United States, but internationally. I mean, when, they, when he broke in in 1947, uh, they trained in Havana, Cuba, uh, during spring training, after Florida's nightmare experience with all the racism and, that he went through in 1946. So ultimately... 1947 made him an international figure. So whether you were anyone who had brown skin, Panamanians who became his fans, all realized that this was big beyond baseball. Doug, is baseball as a whole, not just Major League Baseball, the sport as a whole, doing enough to honor Jackie Robinson? Well, they certainly are trying to shift the, the effort to be beyond sort of the symbolism, right, the performative side of it. You know, we know whether the, you know, a lot of controversy clearly around the all-star game move, but they're trying to at least recognize that Jackie Robinson, this is the game that brought this to life and that they need to back up a lot of what he symbolized, not just because of, okay, here's a color and things are changing, but it was transformative for our nation. I mean, Jackie Robinson effectively integrated the first major American institution uh, before the United States military. (laughs) So, so they're trying to recognize that Jackie Robinson not only was this figure that sort of bit his tongue for a little while, he then transformed into who he, he really was. And that was someone who was an activist. He, he lobbied, he wrote letters, he debated Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. He was on the streets, he opened a black bank, he, he was a columnist, he was an executive. I mean, this man was first in everything. And Major League Baseball kind of had been selective about choosing the most palatable version of Jackie Robbins so that everybody was, quote, comfortable. But in the end, he was on the streets, I mean, literally, and never stopped. And, and so that's the other Jackie Robinson that if the game embraces more of, and I think they're trying to do more of that, that you really get the complete picture of what it means to, to make change. Doug Glanville, ESPN baseball analyst, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zoom. And let me ask you something, Doug. Growing up for me in Los Angeles and seeing some of, and I played baseball as a youth, and seeing some of the great baseball legends that came out of L.A., um, whether it was Daryl Thomas, whether it was uh, Chili Davis or, or Eddie Murray or Daryl Strawberry or Eric Davis or Chris Brown, some of those guys, how can we get the youth, the African-Americans, more involved in baseball now because there's a lack thereof in Major League Baseball, but we need to start at the younger level. How can we do that? Well, you know, that's always been a a real complex issue because there's no simple, direct, elegant answer about the sort of decline in uh, black participation when you think about African-American. And one thing I really am encouraged by is the Players' Alliance, which was formed by players and now has emeritus players, black players who came together in the wake of George Floyd's killing and said, hey, we need a support group here. You know, there's not a lot of us. We need to talk. And he kind of grew that. And they're bringing in high school kids. They're they're trying to help 
right on the ground in these communities. That is a great way to to really connect. And because a lot of the issues with baseball is you need a certain level of resources. You need real estate. You need all this support system. And when you have flight from the cities and where most cities have this black and brown population and there's this divestment, there's a, a stripping of resources from those communities, baseball tends to follow. And then you end up a suburban phenomenon. That's where the resources are. So outside of what that means with respect to race in our country. So that is, you know, many things that they have to address to try to rein that in. But I do like that there are certain programs, and I think Major League Baseball has had some programs that have shown some promise, but it's it's a sustained effort, and that's what's been the hard part. With, with Jackie Robinson being the symbol of equality, the humanity, and the humility in which he went about his business, but also uh, being the spark of the civil rights movement, is Jackie Robinson the most important sports figure ever in history? I mean, he's right up there. If he's not one, he's like 1A. I mean, I, I can't, off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone else that, that kind of had that kind of impact because, you know, he, first of all, he came in at 28, or he was older, and he still had a nine-year stretch, was one of the greatest nine-year stretches in terms of value of any player in history. That, that's saying one thing. I mean, when I was 32, I felt like my hamstrings were falling off my body, and this guy was phenomenal, maybe at his best year. So, you know, he was a great, great baseball player. Just just start there. But he also was a great player under the circumstances of hostility, racism, being a pioneer alone, all these things that he had to deal with. And fortunately, he had a phenomenal family support system. So that's part of what also makes his accomplishment incredible. And then he didn't stop there. I mean, he was not only on the streets, he is international. He put the foot on the accelerator on everything, even to his last breath when he spoke in Cincinnati in the 1972 World Series. He said, I want to see a black face in that coach's box. We're not done yet. So there's no question that you know, his impact was the antithesis of this whole stick to sports, which, by the way, if in the black community, you didn't have a voice in, in, unless you had certain platforms like figures like Jackie Robinson or, or the clergy. I mean, you don't have a voice, so how, what, how else were you going to engage these conversations? You weren't legislators, mostly you weren't in these rooms. So Robinson took that on in full tilt, even at his own detriment. And I think that's what makes him so consequential. I think it's so well said, and I just want to mention, you know, after, after those comments were made by Jackie Robinson, not too, after, not too far after that, Frank Robinson did become an African-American mm-hmm. manager. And just from a historical perspective, Jackie Robinson deserves every bit of praise that you say. But I think it's also very important today to mention the name of Larry Doby. And for a lot of people that follow baseball history and understand the integration of baseball, he isn't talked about sometimes the way Jackie Robinson is. But I just want to give him his full due today on Jackie's big day today and tomorrow. Some unbelievable perspective as always, from Doug Glanville. Doug, thank you so much for joining us. All right, Zee. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. You got it. And, he, I mean, Doug's right. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a company of one. Maybe Jesse Owens for what he did at mm-hmm. the Olympics, or Germany, and the World War. I mean, that, that's the level of person you're talking about that has to be met with that particular. Because it's a lot that goes into that, though. It's just not being the first as a, as a track athlete or win the gold medal or, or – or, the first baseball player or football or basketball, it's everything else that goes with it, right? You, there's a responsibility that also needs to be held, and they do that. 
They take care of business, as you heard Doug say about Jackie Robinson. It wasn't just about baseball. It's about everything else. Right. Sticking because to it sports doesn't, was it a 2020 stop. term, but yeah. he was doing it well before it Absolutely. was a thing. Absolutely. Right? All right. So we'll honor his memory today and tomorrow. Okay. On the way. It's something that's sweeping the nation. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe a little bit of an oversell there. A little bit of an oversell there. It's not even really sweeping the studio because we've got to make sure you're on board with us. It's call a roulette. Simple. I know you always ask us how we're doing. We're doing fine. We love it. We love your patronage. We appreciate you tuning in. We know you love the show, and we always love hearing it. But every time you say something like that, you're giving yourself less time to talk. So we're going to have you call us up, 888-SAY-ESPN. I'll give you a line number. You call. We pick up the phone. You're line one. Give us your name. Give us where you're calling from. And then, boom, hit us with something. Anything you want. Draft talk. Clowny talk. Jackie Robinson Day. Curry. Jokic. Whatever. Hit us up. 888-SAY-ESPN. You'll get a line number. Give us your name, your number, and you sound off. Next. And remember, don't mess it up. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Before I let you go, brought to you by Napa. Whether it's next day delivery or getting involved in their local communities, Napa goes above and beyond to serve you because their motor never quits. That's Napa know-how. Before we get to caller roulette, ton of pressure on the callers, big-time pressure on the callers to come through here. I want to just reel off this story as Baylor continues to bask in the glow of its first men's national basketball championship. Uh, to the winner go the spoils. So the general manager of the Allen Samuels Auto Group dealership in Waco, Texas, where Baylor University is, said essentially, look, congratulations, Scott Drew, you won the championship. In honor of that, we're going to give you a customized Jeep. We already gave the women's head coach, Kim Mulkey. She runs a super successful women's program. We give her a Corvette, and we want to keep the tradition going. Equal time for the men, too. So we'll give you a Jeep. And then he said on live television with the local TV station in Waco, quote, Coach Scott can enjoy it, and he'll be able to pull people, some people, out of the hood. So essentially saying he can take that Jeep, go into the hood, and fill out his roster. As you might imagine, he pretty much realized what he said the second after he said it. And the story, as ugly as it is, has a good resolution because Baylor put out a statement with Coach Drew and his boss, Athletic Director 
Mac Rhodes, quote, this guy's remarks do not align with our institutional values or the culture of our athletic programs. We can confirm we are not accepting the Jeep driven in the parade on Tuesday. So some ugly comments there followed up by some common sense ones. Yeah, I wonder if the women's coach is giving her truck back too because you know that he has these views. So I don't think anybody should ever, um, you know, deal with that with that um, car group anyway. You know what I mean? So everybody should give it back. And there's always that undercurrent of racism <laughs> and bias. So let me I, – I know we got to get to roulette, but let me – okay, did he say it as in – we're going to be impressed the fact that yeah. we're poor in the hood and somebody's coming in yeah. with a Jeep, so therefore we're supposed to go to this university? You got the spinners or, on. Or, or is he saying that you can go and maybe get some players to get into the Jeep because it's a bigger car and you'll be able to come and take them you know, on recruiting can, You know what the hell he's saying. I'm just trying he's to – saying, He's saying just like the pimps in the hood. I'm okay. trying to help him. Nah, I'm just trying nah. to – Ain't no helping him, man. Okay, all right. Ain't no helping uh, okay. him. He said what he said. He meant it how, exactly how we okay. interpreted it. Okay, I, I thought, though. Oh, but the I black players would think you're a cool coach, man, a white guy driving around with a pimp thought ride, man. They're going to come to your school. <laughs> it ain't my car. Hey, man, all I can give do, me one. All I can do is chuckle and say, the world we live here, man. The thoughts on some people's minds, Zubin. What the hell is wrong with people out here? But that's why I love social God. media. I love social media and I love all the platforms in which people are allowed to speak because they can't hide their bias and racism because eventually it's going like to spill we out really, Like we really, in the hood, really think that's small? Because I grew up in the hood in South L.A. So we really, he really thinks that we think that's small like a Jeep is really going to persuade us to come to the university. First of all, are you giving the kids the Jeep? You just right. want to ride around the neighborhood and let them touch it? Just pimp like, my ride. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 like, it's, like, it's like Mr. McDowell. You know, uh, Hakeem with 30, 40 hard years of work. Crazy. Maybe one day you can have a house just like mine. People are sick. There was a championship parade on Tuesday to honor the team, and the Jeep was a part of like the flotilla that was in the parade. So that's as but, close as Scott Drew's going to get to but it. But before we move on to roulette, down. Good things, Ozubin, for Baylor, the head coach in the university. Good, good that they realize that that is not the direction that program and that university needed to I go. I want Mulkey to give her her car back too. I don't I, need I, it. I, we talking about this though. Let, let them handle her. <laughs> okay. She's just gonna stay right here. Give it back. So that's the deal. The comments were made, and Baylor coming back with some strong comments of their own. Just want to make for sure them, you guys man. got caught up to date on that. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and now it is the long-awaited caller roulette. Line six. This is Dustin calling from Columbus, Georgia. I want to tell you guys and everybody out there listening right now, do not sleep on Kyle Trapp. He is the diamond pick in the whole draft. The guy stands tall. He's Drew Brees accurate, and he only had about four bad quarters all his senior season. Don't sleep on him. Line six out. Not, Not sleep on him, but I'm not taking him in the first round. Exactly, but I can see him being with the Saints, though, as well. You know, you get him in the second round, third round, and you'll put him as a project behind. He's a big, strong quarterback, 6'3", 240, make all the throws. I mean, hey, you know, that's where you get value. You know, you can take a shot. Love him, love him. Great story. Barely started in high school, named after Kyle Field because his parents went to Texas A&M. Spin it. Line three. Marty from Los Angeles. I just want to know when you guys think Josh Rosen is going to get another shot. Man, I don't know, man. He's in San Francisco right now, and they're about to draft a quarterback. 
Man, I feel so bad for this kid, man. He didn't play bad his first year in Arizona, and I feel like he's been bounced around, man. Listen, he got mail going all over the place, Key. You know what I mean? He still got mail. He can't, you can't forward your mail that many times. They're like, sir, listen, you just got to pick an address. You know how it is, though. When they when they get – you get on their bad side and they have – And they a, make a narrative. They it's make a narrative. a narrative, and that's the way they think about you. It follows you does, all the way around. Does he get a Super Bowl ring because he was on the practice squad for a while oh, in Tampa? Yeah. No. I don't think so. <laughs> man. As if the post office doesn't have enough problems. He's on his 15, man. <laughs> it happens. Spin the wheel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to very smartly stay away from line five. Let's go line four. Joe, Jupiter, Florida. I just want to say thank you again to the Atlanta Hawks organization back in 2018 for allowing us to acquire their pick and the next golden child and Luca. Luca Magic strikes again. Not only did he block Ja Morant, Moran a couple seconds before, but then pulled off another one of his daggers that solely won the game for us. He's amazing. Yeah, he's going he to need a lot more daggers if he want to get out that hated seven spot that him and Mark Cuban is talking about. That's what I was about to say. I was like, wait a minute, though. You, you got to finish the deal. Yeah, you're in seventh place. One play. Here we go. Try one more and we'll get out of here. Okay, all part of a 114-113 win for the Mavs last night. All right, it's going to stop on line three. Or not. <laughs> wait, wait, wait in the show. Not enough O's and smooths, Zubin. <laughs> we or almost had it. not. We almost had it. Killing me, Petey. You're killing me, Petey. Blaming it on the callers. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.